Hello and welcome to the WM People podcast. I'm Mandy Garner. I'm editor of workingmums.co.uk. I always put the co.uk in there. <laughs> I, I don't know why. It's just an automatic <laughs> reflex. And, and also Working Wise. Um, and I'm here with Ben Falk, editor of Working Dads. Hello. Yeah, it feels like... Um, Sort of, to, we're in. We, we've invented podcasting in two thousand and one, and we're saying .co.uk. <laughs> the end yeah, of everything. You can find us on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, funnily enough, I'm reading a book actually about BlackBerry and the lo- the rise and fall of BlackBerry. So there's quite a lot of that sort of stuff. Oh, I remember BlackBerry. Yeah, yeah I, know. So I used to love Blackberries. <laughs> anyway, so what we what do we talk about today? So today we are going to talk about childcare again, <laughs> but this time sort of alternative. You know, are there any kind of alternative models? What's 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 actually happening? What the kind of innovation in the area if there is any and also fake flexibility there was a big survey out recently talking about fake flexibility fake flexibility which is not really a new thing Uh, sadly I feel like a lot of things I've read a million times before and it just feels like you're just like oh this again (laughs) it's not nothing's moved on it was kind of I'm more concerned whether we can say the the phrase properly in the podcast (laughs) than than talking about it And then and sleep sleep deprivation I know one that's close to your heart. Yes, yeah, oh, happening a lot recently. So so yeah, so childcare. You you've been well, you've been chatting to people this week, haven't you, about kind of different sorts of childcare? And obviously last week or last podcast, I should say, we were talking a lot about the kind of the childcare announcement and the budget and what mm. that actually meant. So what what how have you been following that up? Yeah, so there's the been there's been stuff in the news, obviously about Rishi Sunak's wife's shares in Corrie Kids and in fact Nesta has given a lot of money to to Corrie Kids. So Corrie Kids is a kind of platform where you can book all sorts of different childcare and the aim is to make it affordable for more parents. So it's one of several that are like that kind of platform um, approaches to childcare and I was also talking this week to Pebble which is another platform that brings together all the other things and childcare activities, childcare spaces. So if, for example, so a lot of the nurseries may have some spare, you know, like a half day slot or whatever on a Friday or, or whatever. And so through Pebble, you can book those spaces. If you, for example, a hybrid working, you'd be called into the office or you've, you're freelancing or self-employed and you've got some work that comes up. So the aim is to address the kind of flexibility issue, which is another issue um, that people find difficult around childcare. And it's also to have everything in one place so you can book your childcare but you can also book after school activity or um, holiday play scheme or that kind of thing all in one place so that's basically the aim of it so all going on the platforms but it's you know remains to be so so pebble at the moment is only operating in the greater london area it has ambitions to move outside of greater london and a lot of these platforms seem to be mostly based in London or the bigger cities and that's a big issue of how do they make these things um, workable across the country and not just in the wealthier uh, areas or the big cities Um, so I think that's a big issue there's a lot of questions about um, platform working generally and what that might mean for childcare so yeah I think there's there's a lot of issues around that also you know the the whole continuity of care kind of thing so if your child goes to uh, you know nursery a three days a week and then suddenly you've been called in and you need to book a another you know a friday or whatever you know 
how will your child adapt to going suddenly to another place where they don't know the people um so i think there's a lot of things around that although they probably would argue that you know you could then book that place regularly on an ongoing basis if you needed it i don't know i don't know i think the jury's out on on, on a lot of these things and then and, and there's questions around sort of platform workers rights and individualizing everything and atomizing everything and there are kind of growing movements for gig worker rights and trying to get people together in collectives and organize for fighting for their rights so yeah i mean con- conceptually i I, can, I love this idea like, i like the idea of being able to do that and also having this one we, we have you know i've got two primary school age kids and and so the, the wrangling of the different things like they're at two different schools even though they're kind of connected by a federation so there is some joined up thinking which is good but just the kind of the wrangling of that and then with all the after school things and obviously each one of those after school thing we don't actually do that many to be fair compared to some people but you know, they're all different companies and stuff so I like the yeah. idea of that kind of centralized thing yes bring it all together and making it easier for parents I think that's huge because it is difficult to find after school activities and things like that you often rely on your on the school telling you about them yeah but I, I but then at the same time I can't fathom like my kids would never if, if we just you know that one of the things they're actually quite bad at and that's maybe this is bad parenting on my part but is that kind of they don't like that sort of surprise so mm. you know when you kind of say last minute oh you're going to this thing or oh you they haven't had that time to kind of build up to that um, and so they're, they're, they're not, so, you know, if I, it, well, they thought that my, um, I remember the, like the, um, the nursery where we sent my younger one, they thought she was like developmentally challenged because she didn't speak at university, at, at university, she didn't speak <laughs> at, um, at nursery at all. You know, she chatted up, you know, she, she, she was perfectly average, but she, you know, didn't talk at all because she was so nervous at, at nursery, you know, she got kind of anxious and stuff around, you know, and it took her a while to kind of bed in. But they, you know, so the idea of like her going, oh, it's Friday, I've been called into the office, you're going to, you know, blah, blah, childcare. I can't even fathom that. So, I, you know, conceptually, I love this yeah. idea of it all being centralised and organised practice-wise. I don't quite know how, you know, what, yeah. And also, I don't live in London, so, you know, there, there's also problematic there. This is not to criticise the company. I think it's a, say, I think it's a fascinating, yeah. um, I think it's a really kind of interesting idea. It's how do we, as you say, make it work for as many poss- as many people as possible effectively. Yes, it's interesting, isn't it? I mean, it's, it's using the tech to try and address the childcare issue but actually what you really want is local childcare on your doorstep that you can rely on um, and you know affordable childcare on yeah, your doorstep well that's, that's a problem um, and that is a government thing I would say <laughs> yeah. if you want to get it across the country you can't rely on private companies but they seem to be you know that you know that seems to be the approach that you will you, you kind of let the uh, private companies innovate and then jump on the back of that yeah I that's I, I that's what I, I'm interested if if you say I need a place and you know if there isn't one like you know because you are you know one of the things that people have all the time is can't get into this nursery or there's waiting lists or whatever so I, I wonder whether there's you're all you're definitely guaranteed a spot or not because 
again, that's that's not the com- this is not the platform's fault. This is you know, the system. Yeah. It, well, it is. It is basically what they do is they partner up with different nurseries and things, yeah. organisations, and so the nurseries will say, well, we've got this slot where we haven't got you know we've got the staff but we haven't got the yeah. amount of children that we need say for example a friday and a monday is of course, less yeah. busy so we've got the slot we are a ofsted registered we have a good or an outstanding yeah. you know um qualification and that's you you can just book it because it's it's available now so it's live it's a live thing so so it will be there yeah of course yeah so it is, it, is, it is interesting, but I think one of the things that I was interested in is who owns these platforms as well and who are the investors. And the investors often are not from the UK, yeah. um, which is quite interesting in itself. And we've seen that kind of thing in social care, for example, and uh, who owns the care homes and <laughs> it's often people abroad, private equity yeah. uh, companies and things like that. And it, I'm like, is that the best model for our social, you know, the, the care structure in this country? They come in when there's not any investment centrally. And I feel like there's no way around the fact that we need to invest more as a country in care. Yeah. Um, and one of the things, one of the other ones or, or companies that I spoke to this week, which was one that won the Every Woman FDM, F- Everyone Award in, for Women in Tech, was a, it's a Swiss-based company. And what they do is that they loan people the money for childcare. So what happens, it's like a bit like the student loan. So you'll know <laughs> all about that. So instead of having to pay loads and loads of money in childcare, when when your family is very young, when your children are really young, and so get basically you get into debt because basically you've been on uh, parental leave and you've been paid a really small amount, and then you have to pay childcare, yeah. and so you're in huge debt right at the beginning of your family life. What they do is spread the costs, so they loan you the money, so you can gradually pay it off over the course of your career as you maybe progress in your career because you've been able to get childcare and you've been able to, yeah. <laughs> you've been able to keep working. So it's quite an interesting idea. And I, and I think what they were saying is, you know, it's a, it's a kind of temporary stopgap kind of thing until countries, governments can get around the idea of they need to invest in this kind of thing much yeah. more. In you know, the, the world has changed. Both parents are working generally and childcare is an important thing to invest in. Yeah, well, we know that it is at least technically, on the uh, lips of of the government. So we'll see how it plays out. (laughs) And then you were... We've been thinking about... And I'm going to take a a run-up at it. No, I did it. I still still did it wrong. Fake flex. So what does that... Obviously, we kind of have a sense of what flexible working is. It's fairly self-explanatory. For you, what is fake flex? So this this came from a survey by Careering into Motherhood, and fake flex is just the latest, you know, buzzword, I guess, for <laughs> what we know of that that's been happening for many many years, which is when people go part time, for example, after they've had children, and they none of their tasks are taken off their what they do, so they are basically being paid three days a week for doing a five day a week job. And they're expected to, yeah, basically get all the work done because nobody has looked at restructuring the job or what they can take away to make it actually doable in three days. Yeah, which, well, that I mean, that happens a lot, right? Yes, that happens a lot. And I speak to a lot of people, a lot of women who are doing that kind of thing where they basically are trying, I know, I remember speaking to somebody who's worked in railway and uh, she was basically, she was saying, 
you know, she has her kids on the two days, or I think it was maybe it was even just one day a week that she didn't work in the office. And she had the kids around and she was ex- she was having to work with the kids around, which, as we know from the COVID experience, is not a happy no. set, of, set no. of affairs. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just ridiculous, you know, that you don't get paid. You know, you basically take a pay cut for the privilege of being able to not have to go into the office for two days a week, which up, up now we have hybrid working, so... That sort of thing is is changing slightly. Yeah, it's funny though, isn't it? How some companies are sort of thinking that it's a reward not to be in the office rather than there are other reasons why or, you know, there aren't enough desks or, you know, all the kind of functional things of why you might not go into the office, that you can manage your life better, all these kind of things. But actually it's this somehow it's a it's a prize that you should be pleased about rather than accepting that it's a a really useful part of the working process for productivity and for mental health and well-being and all these kind of things. That's what I find bizarre. Yeah, I think it's the way that it developed from those early days of flexible working legislation that it was for parents and carers only and it was seen as a kind of benefit and it it did create kind of resentment with other people as well who weren't parents and carers. But it was seen as, yeah, you've, you've been given this kind of, as you say, reward um, and therefore you have to doubly, you know, work doubly hard <laughs> because you're terrified of losing it because you've built up your whole childcare structure yeah, and everything well, exactly, around yeah. it. So that, that's, that's where it comes from. And... There are, you know, people, organisations that are kind of moving forward and doing things differently and are looking at job redesign and making jobs possible to be done within, you know, a shorter time frame. And there's interesting things like the four-day week, which we've talked about before, um, and, uh, you know, uh, not making it just a compressed week. Yeah, well, exactly, <laughs> um, but, yeah. But actually reducing it by, you know, 20% at least, well, they were supposed to, that's what they were supposed to do, meaningful reduction in, in, in uh, working hours. And there's there's more on redesign job redesign and looking at why should a job be the default be full-time so the why why have we got this five day a week kind of model and that everything else is seemed seems to be lesser so part-time is a kind of yeah, already right. the words part-time meaning <laughs> you're kind of lesser you're yeah. giving less commitment or whatever it is yeah, yeah. and it's the way that it's viewed so if we thought of jobs in terms of the tasks that are required to do them rather than you know, and, and the outputs rather than um yeah uh, rather than full-time you know compared to a full-time model yeah i was reading a book this week called work style which kind of tackles some of this stuff and it's you know it's essentially a a sort of a a business kind of business book but it what I found the most interesting part of that book actually was the fact that they say that the flexible working model so it's all to do with you know figuring out your it's I've been learning recently about love languages I don't still don't really understand what they are but um but apparently this is a thing on TikTok or whatever and um so you know it's work style is not the same it's not the same thing but it is in a sense like trying to understand how you need to work what you need to have in your life to work productively and effectively and all these kind of things anyway but the 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 kind of primary thing that i took from it was um the flexible working like con- you know the concept of that the model mm-hmm. is is born out of uh the industrial revolution essentially you know as, as you say the kind of five day a week nine mm. to five that kind of thing so um they they talk about you know hunter gatherers when we were when we were running around as cave people you know we we didn't really work you know that that was work i guess but you know we only worked uh, three or four hours a day because yeah. it was like as you say it was the output did i did i yeah. get that bison or 
or yes. that kind of thing. But then, you know, when the Industrial Revolution came around and, you know, we had factories and all that kind of stuff, we needed people in the quote-unquote office for the whole day or and, you know, 24 but hours, in fact. Yeah, but even that, I mean, when I, I went to this event on the four-day week a couple of weeks ago, last week, actually, and they were talking about, the, you know, the, the the fight that people have had to fight for the eight hour working day yeah. you know that that, that people were uh, and the five day week and so this is a continuous process of struggling you know of fighting for time basically for for you know we always we continuously promised you know in the technological age that we were going to have more leisure time and all that kind of stuff and that hasn't yeah. actually turned out to be the case but you know it's 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 trying to make the case which is good for both I mean now it's quite interesting because they were talking about that the four day week that is p- pitched as a kind of business benefit as well kind of it's yeah. about increased productivity and all that kind of stuff um, and uh, allowing people to rest um, and things so it's not just it's not just a benefit for the employee but also for the employer and yeah it's 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 kind of inching forwards on these things. Maybe we'll move. Yeah, I mean, it's fascinating, isn't it? Because uh, that's how you have to do it. Like, business will only take it on if they think there's going to be, you know, they're, they're money-making machines. So yeah. there, there was a piece in in uh, The Times, I think, last week about kind of golden, I think, they, is it golden triangle or something? It's, it's high, high-powered lawyers anyway. Mm. And, you know, you now get high-powered lawyers um uh, kind of earning two hundred thousand a year after like two years of you know it's like it's incredible you've got these sort of twenty three year olds who are who are earning like two hundred fifty k um, and that kind of thing but you know that they they most of them get burnt out yeah and and I I, I kind of always wonder whether. You know, from a again from a sort of company perspective, like, do you just accept that burnout? Like, do you just kind of go, mm. well, I'm going to pay them loads of money. They'll work really, 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 really hard for us for four years. Then they'll burn out, and then we'll move on. I mean, yeah. I think probably a lot of companies do do that. Whereas actually, that's such a weird weird way to do things i don't, I don't understand I don't, why they would do I that i think it's going to become more difficult for them because we have yeah. labor shortages well yeah that's tr- exactly so you yeah you can't just go think oh the next we'll get the next lot in no um, no we'll just move along like that so it's not it's no. not so available i was i was talking to uh to a couple yesterday lloyd's bank um job share really really interesting because job shares don't go up in our annual surveys they never go up which is such a shame and uh, we've done so many campaigns on educating people and stuff like that and this job share was usually they're seen as kind of being a like caring thing people are going part-time and they want to keep going and it it helps with your career progression because you're able to keep uh, in a senior job and that kind of thing but this was an uh, an older woman and a younger man the younger man wanted to move to wales and uh do you know uh, uh gardening and you know just yeah, have more free yeah. time yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and a more healthy lifestyle and the older woman had been thinking that she may have to do early retirement but she didn't want to do that kind of sudden brutal right move from full time to to nothing at all yeah and they absolutely love it and it's it works really really well and they both learn quite a lot from each other he learns a lot from her from all her experience he was senior to her uh, so she learns a lot from him as well and they work they know each other quite well um so they know the way that they work to get their their kind of working style and stuff so they draw on each other and i've yeah i don't know what it takes to make employers think more about these kind of um ways of approaching things because well, they get a lot more out of it than one person because one because it, ta- it takes them to realize as you said before like that they'll get a benefit like but they also need to you know they need to see it in the numbers i i, I went to a pan sat on a panel 
I wrote about this on the site actually. Uh, JP Morgan were doing a, a they do a job sharing thing, and it was really interesting. It was all women that I watched mm. actually, but there was again there was yeah there were some who had caring responsibilities, but then there was one woman who was sharing who just didn't want to work <laughs> full time. Yeah. You know she she said like and I, you know obviously she was. I mean, this is an assumption, but, you know, working for a, a big bank like JP Morgan probably paid decent, you know, they probably pay pretty well. Um, but she was like, I just don't want my entire life to be work. Mm. And, you know, and so it was fascinating. Like, you know, I, and, and so it does work even for the like, you know, I was really surprised that JP Morgan were doing that, like this big, you know, yeah. um, investment bank. But they were and it was working for them. And they're, the people that I saw on this panel were definitely pushing for it a lot more. Um, I think it's much, yeah. I think it's much easier as well nowadays because the, both the people that were doing the job show at jo- Lloyd's Bank, they both live in different parts of the country, um, so it's easier to kind of match people up. If you, especially if you're a big organisation, you can yeah. like match people across the whole country. Um, so, so yeah, I, I it, it's uh, yeah, it just needs to be more. Well, that also goes, that, that, yeah, yeah but that benefits. goes back to the flex thing, right? Of like, actually, as you say, have someone in Hull and have someone in Brighton, yeah. and you can do that. It's just that, but there's this kind of weird thing, like, oh yeah, Mandy needs to go into the office Monday to Wednesday. Ben goes into that same office yeah. uh, Thursday, Thursday to Friday. Like, you know, that that's it doesn't need to be. It like, doesn't need to be like that. Yeah, and also the woman, um, she was able to draw down her pension because she was in her sixties, early sixties. So she was earning more or less what she was earning before because she was able to supplement it with the pension. Perfect. Come on, companies. (laughs) Do something. Yes. Yeah. And then just finally, sleep. (laughs) (laughs) You're the one to speak about. Yeah, well, I I slept last night on a blow-up mattress, which (laughs) was not... A double mattress, a very a very nice one. It had a headboard even, but it was still deeply uncomfortable. <laughs> so yeah. So we, we, what what uh, sleep deprivations happened to been happening to you this this week? Well, um, I haven't been too. I had COVID this um, past week, um, so that wasn't very good. But what I'm doing is I'm writing a book of my blogs um, at the moment, going back like fifteen or more years um, when my kids were smaller, and I read the, through those and I think how on earth did I I just never got any sleep no. and with four children and um, one of them one of them being very very devoted to sleepovers and had her, her own sleepover <laughs> site you know sleepover tips site oh um, my lord okay yeah, she was very very she was a professional sleepover person because wow. nobody she was the third child and how, um, how early did she start sleepovers then well she wanted to start them at about four or five oh but no, none of her friends parents would let them come yeah, right. do sleepovers so well, it's in, also about well being in the bed, isn't it? There's 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 an issue yes, around that. Yes, so it's all uh, is about. someone sleep tra- uh, you know potty trained at night? Yes, yes, all of that. Um, but in the end, it was me that had to do the sleepovers. But I also had my son. You know, when she was five, I had him as a newborn. So we had these sleepovers where it was just me, her, and him. <laughs> oh my god! And she'd want to do midnight feasts, and I'd trick her and just put the clock and I'd say that seven o'clock in the morning was at mid- was midnight let's do right. the midnight piece now okay. she didn't have any idea of time no, no. Um, uh, but there was you know, no way I was going to having got everybody to sleep wake up at 12 and have a midnight piece no, that's not my no. idea well you'd but, been woken up anyway right I mean yeah. with a newborn you're going to be waking up anyway so. yes exactly all the whole way through and she made me sign a sleepover contract as well and she, she planned oh them all they were like meticulously bullet pointed what we were going to do in these sleepovers 
was it was quite tiring. I, yeah. Everybody was sick as well all the time. <laughs> That's all I remember. Everybody had the norovirus or you know yeah. some sort of cold or whatever. There was never a period uh, or very few periods when somebody wasn't sick and waking <laughs> up in the night. Uh, well, my my daughter went to a birthday party this week, and it, she's now got to the point where they're having sort of birthday party sleepovers. And it was actually really cool. They had a glampover. So they had a company that comes in and kind of does these mini tents, I guess, but like, and they put them sort of six tents in your, you know, sitting room kind of thing. And you have this, yeah, you have this lamp over, wow. which was, it was dead cool. It was really great. Like it lo- <laughs> looked amazing. How much did it cost? Well, yeah, I didn't, I didn't, <laughs> that, luckily I didn't have to, I wasn't paying. So it was all right. I don't know how much it cost, but it, but it is quite fun. You know, um, my, with my mum weirdly, like, um, I think she won it in a raffle or something, like to have a, a glamping thing put in your, you know, in your back garden for a bit. Um, and so she did that, had it for the weekend, and uh, it was yeah, it was fantastic. To having those kind of sleepovers are great. But we tried to do it a few times during lockdown. We bought a tent from you know millets or whatever, and it was yeah, not very successful. Um, weather, weather well, no, no, no. The weather was well. It was either too cold or too hot. But then also, it's like you know, then they couldn't quite get a. Uh, my my kids are you know uh, going back to the inflatable mattress. They're quite temperamental about the comfort of their sleep. <laughs> so it was like this is this is what sleeping in a tent is like. It's not super comfortable. Like there yeah. is no way to have an entire I, mattress. Like I don't know what it is these days that they're not. Because I was like, oh, let's go to the Eurovision Song Contest. You know, we could, obviously we can't afford the tickets, but we could just go and like sleep in the car in the yeah. car park and then just like watch it on a big screen somewhere in Liverpool or like Manchester or somewhere near <laughs> and uh, they were like oh my god sleeping in the car yes I used to do that yeah yeah <laughs> it's fine well it's if fun. It, it, it's it, an adventure <laughs> <laughs> yeah well you know this is the problem about Airbnb and all these kind of things they've kind of introduced this thing where you can find a find a flat nearby or find somewhere to stay so yeah I've, I've done a lot of sleeping in the car um, overnight trips down to France and that kind of stuff, but it doesn't really happen so much anymore. Yeah. And probably not good for like, you know, it doesn't, it's not good for your sleep, uh, actual sleep patterns and stuff. Yeah. It's just, yeah. And also, you know, it, the, the, the problem I think with going back to the sort of younger kids and the, you know, obviously the waking up when they're little babies and the teething and like every other phase that comes after that and you're just absolutely exhausted is that you just you have to learn that you you cannot make the time up so like I remember you know trying to work working doing freelance work around the kids and all that kind of stuff and working till about three or four o'clock in the morning and then like was just like I can't do this I can't do this because I literally can't make up the time I'm just going to collapse and it then I won't be able to do any work. <laughs> yeah, well, this is why I get yeah, why I get so annoyed, you know, irrationally probably, but in terms of when people are sort of saying, "Oh, I just had a baby, and then I wrote my book." Oh, yeah. You know, I wrote my novel while I was feeding. Hours. You know, in yeah, between you know, between naps and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. And you know, kudos to them. That's amazing to, yeah. to do it. I just. I I'm, I never know whether I really believe it because it's just I can't even fathom the tiredness that you know. Yeah. And, and as a bloke, like let alone you know if you're a, a mum and you're breastfeeding and that kind of thing, like to even have some kind of creative thought is is staggering to me. I think you have a lot of thoughts. Your mind is a kind of well, that's true. And you're listening around it. You're sitting around it. You're a lot. just stuck. You know, I just remember falling asleep with the baby 
you know breastfeeding and then waking up like maybe two hours later and I was still in the that was yeah. not, not very good I was like no, oh my well, god not, I just, I just fallen asleep but you know I couldn't stop myself if they can invent an app for that like that that will be good I, I, I'm all for platforms to, <laughs> to help me to help me sleep anyway look thank you very much for joining us hope you had a nice Easter and we should be back in a couple of weeks with a new episode join Mandy on... I won't be I won't be in two weeks oh of course you I'm, won't Mandy I'm won't be here Yes. somewhere with my daughter we'll both of us geographically challenged so we will bound to get lost yes so w- i should have a guest with me next uh, next time which is exciting i better get on that um <laughs> this is not a very professional podcast is it i should be saying oh and i've got lined up already a guest but you know i'm tired uh, and i haven't done that yet so um but join us in two weeks uh working uk working mums working wise wm people join us email us let us know what you want us to talk about and yeah we'll aim to talk soon yes happy easter Okay, bye. Bye.